Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Nutrition Lifestyles with Kim and Joanne. I'm Kim. And I'm Joanne. So today, we are going to talk about wellness fatigue. With the current state of everyone's life right now, where we are transitioning from what we used to know as comfortable for the most part, um, with what is the new norm, the topic of wellness fatigue is going to be a good one. If you've never heard of it before, don't get fooled like I did with the title. Right. Wellness fatigue may seem like a novel terminology, but it's not a new concept at all. I'm pretty sure, as Joanne mentioned earlier, with everything going on, you may have experienced wellness fatigue or a close friend or family member may have experienced it. Right. And we've heard about orthorexia, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we may talk about in another episode because the topic is so long and we're well versed in that. But wellness fatigue, not so much. Exactly. So today, to define what wellness fatigue is and also to give you a little bit more information, we have Shayla Peterson here, who is a licensed clinical social worker who believes that emotional well-being and mental health is the key to having a healthy lifestyle. She obtained her bachelor's in psychology and master's in social work from California State University, Long Beach, baby. Also, as a licensed clinical social worker, her clientele varies from adjusting to life transitions, depression, women's issues, and the list goes on and on. Shayla has focused her efforts back on helping women create a balance in their career, family, and self. After years of Shayla being a a career woman out of the field, she was forced to evolve as a wife and mother while balancing her career as a psychotherapist. She has made her family and her lifestyle and also being a military spouse work for her. And she also helps other people navigate social issues. She has opened up Control Shift Balance Mental Wellness, and she offers safe and secure online psychotherapy sessions that are focused on emotional well-being and mental health in the states of South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. So Shayla, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm really glad to be here and be able to chat with you two ladies today. Yes, welcome. We are happy to have you. So, you know, we're just going to jump into the first question. So the question that I have is, can you define for us what wellness fatigue is and why it's such a novel concept? I can. So wellness fatigue, it's a form of burnout. You know, we're getting caught up in our obligations and our internal pressures to participate in this culture of betterment of self, right? So with wellness. And so what happens is we're constantly thinking about tracking our health stats. If we are eating enough healthy foods, we're tracking our calories, um, even to the extent of our daily steps, the quality of our food, the intake. And so when we think about that, let's even take it a step further with the digital world. Um, using our Fitbit to track our steps or even our Mm -hmm. breathing at certain times. And guess what? (laughs) This was all designed for us to be healthy, but Mm -hmm. now it's just turned into something that's anxiety producing. No Mm -hmm. one's feeling relaxed and we're constantly checking everything just for us to fall into this category of feeling, you know, wellness. Hmm. You know, that's interesting because, you know, when you mentioned the Fitbit part, 
I know I have my Apple Watch and all the time I'm looking, okay, did I meet my calorie goals? How many steps did I take today? <laughs> like for real. So yeah, I mean, all the time I'm saying, like right now my watch is saying, you know, I burned 458 calories and I'm just like, man, I probably got to go take a walk to burn 550 calories. That's my daily goal <laughs> for real. So I can definitely see it's, it's burnout. And especially like during this time, I'm finding that, you know, I have to sit down and rest more. Like before this episode, I had to get in like a quick 30 minute nap because my body was just so fatigued. I feel you on that, Kim. I was just thinking to myself, because I too have an Apple Watch, uh, Shayla, and I was thinking to myself how yesterday I was taking a a Zoom um, Tabata class that one of my friends teach, and it was so hard. Like his class is so great, but I kept on looking at my watch to be like, hold, have I even met, can can I like relax in my go hardness, like lessen how hard I'm going at this? Because he's like, go, go, go. And I'm looking at my watch like, hold up. Where are my calories at? Right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So can you imagine doing this? Well, you are doing it day in and day out on top of everything else that you're doing to achieve this, you know, wellness lifestyle. It can just be pretty exhausting. And so, you know, when we talk about wellness fatigue, it's the burnout from that. Right. (laughs) And so when we talk about it also, you know, just like what Kim was asking me, like, how did it become such a novel concept? You know, it's become this phenomenon because it was designed, you know, for us to create this healthy lifestyle, but it's really just taken a turn that people are burned out from it. Um, And so we have, and wellness can look different for everyone. So if we're looking for examples to someone else, like if I know that you are doing 10,000 steps a day, that might not be for me, but I'm seeing what you're doing. I'm like, oh, I have to do what Joanne is doing. I know Kim is doing 10,000 steps. So here I am trying to track, do extra running around the community, you know, walking around just so I can get, you know, 10,000 steps where that might not be for me. So (laughs) does that make sense? Definitely. It makes a lot of sense. So I'm thinking to myself, is wellness fatigue more like, are women more susceptible to wellness fatigue than men are? Because I'm thinking to myself, like, um, you know, women have more stress about looking a certain way and doing, you know, working out and making sure we keep our whatever bodies intact, you know, where on the other side, you may see a man may not be. But then again, on the other end, I'm thinking of the men who are at the gym for like four hours a day, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on whatever it is that they're focusing on. So who do you think is more susceptible, men or women? I definitely believe that it's women. Um, and you just really hit the nail on the coffin when you were talking about just for looks, right? You know, women, we place emphasis on our body, unfortunately. And then what comes with that can be shame, guilt unrealistic expectations, you know, for ourselves, because we have this pressure and the pressure can come from right in our own homes, from our parents, our upbringing, and of course, society as well. Um, And then on top of that, the thing to, you know, another thing that women face too, is just being superwoman, like we have to do it all. So here it is, it's this new challenge. I want to do that. And I want to do it well, because I'm trying to do all these other things in my life. Well, I want to do mothering. Well, I want to be a partner. Well, I want to be, you know, the best executive at the office. And, you know, and here it is. I also want to be the one that's in shape. And I want to eat the healthiest lunch at the lunch table when we all meet for work. And so we put all these pressures on ourselves where I don't think men 
they experience it, but not at the higher rate that women do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, I'm just thinking about the wellness fatigue and various TV shows that I watch and all the time when there's a man and a woman in a restaurant setting, the woman is always ordering a salad and the man gets, you know, something a little more hearty, like a steak or something like that, mm-hmm. which brings to my mind uh, this question. Do you think white women or versus black women, like how, how does, how does wellness fatigue differ for them? Is there a difference in that? Because I know according to our society standards, you know, black women, we're supposed to have, you know, weight in certain areas, white women, well, it's becoming trendy now for them. So do you think there's a difference with race and wellness fatigue? Or is it all the same? No, I definitely would say that there's a difference. Now, I did not find any research, but I think about what society considers, and I'm, no one can see my hands that I'm doing quote, unquote, what beauty is, right. And so, you know, sometimes it's, what a white woman might look like for some cultures, right? Or some people, the way they look at it. And so if they're making them the ideal person to follow, I think that people can get caught up trying to look like this, you know, white woman um, doing her nutrition plan, doing her workout where your body is going to be different. If you're an African-American woman, you're going to eat different foods. You're going to be exposed to different things. And so it might look different. True. That is true. Mm -hmm. Very true. So do you think there are consequences to feeling this burnout, um, whether it's emotional consequences or physiological consequences that occur when someone's burned out? Yes, it is. I mean, it's definitely just similar to like prolonged stress. So you're going to feel overwhelmed, um, emotionally drained, Uh, just being able to try to keep up with the constant demand. So, you know, Joanne, you were talking about, you know, doing the fitness class and how you were constantly making sure that you were going to hit your certain number. Now, just imagine if you didn't put your watch on that day, that Mm would have been one less thing for you to do. And then you would have been able to mindfully engage in the workout opposed to, am I meeting, you know, this, all my steps today on top of the fact that you just worked out, that should be enough. (laughs) So you're getting overwhelmed, you're exhausted, just constantly trying to keep up. And the thing about burnout is it it sneaks up on us. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't even realize it. Um, And so you start to become physically drained. Um, Sometimes you might not even want to show up for your workout class because Mm -hmm. of it. You're just like, I don't even know, but I just don't feel like going today. (laughs) You know, like we laugh, it's it's happened, right? And then um, a lowered immune system, you know, because we're doing all of this extra stuff, we're taking away our energy, we might not be fueling our bodies with the things that we need, just because we're so called eating healthy doesn't mean that it's necessarily healthy for us. Mm-hmm. You know, every diet, um, not diet, but these, I don't know, like there's the paleo, and then there's the, the keto and all these right. different things. Mm-hmm. And you see it on the internet, you see maybe some of your friends are doing it, but it might not be the thing for you and your body type, you know, so of course, you always want to check with your doctor about those. So your immune system might be lower, frequent illnesses, headaches, muscle pain. And so, and then we talked about eating earlier and just poor sleep. So all of those things start to creep up. And so those are some of the, you know, factors that come with feeling burnt out because of the wellness fatigue. The wow. emotional right. part. Uh-huh. And then some of the emotional is that um, that sense of failure, right? I didn't meet my goal today. Mm-hmm. I didn't do my 10,000 steps. Or I saw someone, one of my friends who I'm, you know, on Fitbit 
she made her 20,000 steps today and I'm still on 15, mm-hmm. you know, so that fear, failure, self-doubt, trapped, defeated, loss of motivation. So all of those things start to come a negative outlook and then decrease satisfaction. It's not meeting that need for you anymore. So, um, and yeah, so, so many different things that pop up emotionally and physically from this. Yeah, that is true because I know me personally, on the weekends, I don't wear my Apple Watch, but all the time I'm like, okay, I'm about to go for a walk. Maybe I should like clock this or I'm about mm-hmm. to like go for a run. Maybe I should clock this as well. So, you know, it is definitely true. There is, you know, emotional consequences to it. So, you know, woman to woman, as a licensed clinical social worker, what is your greatest worry for women facing wellness fatigue? Yeah, so as a, um, a clinician, my greatest worry is that women are going to miss out on the enjoyment of life, or not just women, anyone who's facing, you know, <laughs> wellness right. fatigue, is that they're going to miss out on the enjoyment of, of life because of it, just feeling overwhelmed. And this is something that I just kind of came up with, keeping up with the Joneses of wellness. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So we talk about keeping up with the Joneses in terms of, you know, your car, or your house, mm-hmm. and, you know, the neighbors, oh, oh, they got this. I want to pull too. But it's the same thing that happens with the wellness too. Like, oh, they're doing that. Oh, there's a new course on how to take care of your emotions when, the, you know, so we're right. constantly chasing something. <laughs> yeah. and so that is like my biggest concern for, you know, women um, who may be, you know, susceptible to experience in this. So um, that feeling of being judged, right? And so um, just worrying about that and then just reporting that they have to report and check in on every move that they're doing. That just can't be healthy because once again, it takes away from enjoying life. So the population of women that I'm really concerned about too is the ones who are overachievers Mm. that are perfectionists. You don't have to raise your hand, superwoman. (laughs) (laughs) And so they're trying to do it all. And then it's like, once again, we're chasing this unattainable goal. Because really, when we get one thing down packed, we're going to find something else. You know, this week is Pilates. Next week is yoga. Then there's the hot yoga. And then there's hip hop yoga. And there's yoga in the park. So it's all these different things. And so there's really no end. You're just going to change and adjust it to what works for you. And so um, that's the population that I really am concerned about. And the reason why is because, you know, all of these things, we talked about it before, it can just be anxiety provoking. You know, I'm thinking to myself right now how, you know, during these COVID-19 times, how although people are thinking that because they are home, it is a relaxing time where you don't have anywhere to go if you're working from home. But for me, I find that I have more to do now um, because I'm home. My whole family's home. My kids are home. So I'm experiencing burnout on you know by itself without the wellness part and then if you add wellness burnout it's like an overwhelming sensation that I'm experiencing a lot all the time where I'm like okay I'm gonna go to the room I'm taking 10 I don't want to see the kids right now too much mommy mommy mommies so do you think there is or is there an antidote to this fatigue and wellness burnout that people experience 
Yes, I do. And the reason why I said it is because I created one because I'm concerned, <laughs> right? Oh. And so, you know, that people are experiencing this and that it is exacerbated now that we are experiencing COVID-19. So I came up with like six things that, you know, women can do to kind of combat this, you know, as an antidote. And so the first one is identify what's making you feel overwhelmed about your wellness journey or your burnout, whatever it is, just like, you know, identify what's making you overwhelmed. And then with that, take a break from that thing. And now when we say break, it can be five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, a day, whatever it is, but taking a, a break from that. And then when you come back, continue to do what works. So we want to do what works. And then what doesn't work, we don't want to do that. So secondly, we want to create boundaries and guidelines around that. So identify what's a good time to take a break and then create a time when it's good to come back. So if you're doing this break, making sure that you come back at a certain time. So if it's taking a break from the kids, because we do, we need a break from the kids. All right. It's lunchtime. Maybe swap out with your husband and, you know, or maybe the older kid can watch the little kids and you go take, like you said, that 10 minute break. Mm -hmm. Other one, number three, is practicing mindfulness. And we kind of talked about it before, too, when I said you were working out and you were, you know, you're constantly looking at your iWatch. Mm -hmm. Is also, you know, when we're mindful, we're not doing that. We're not going to look at our watch because we are involved with what we're doing right then and there. So if we're working out, we're in that workout. We're just feeling our muscles move. We're feeling our feet hit the ground. We're feeling every stretch of the muscle. And that's what we're bringing our mind right back to that. Not looking at our watch, not worrying about what we're going to cook for dinner, not about the mistake we made in the meeting earlier. We're just focusing on the workout and the workout only. Or if we're working, we're just focusing on work only. Or if we're taking a walk with the kids, we're only focusing on that walk with the kids. And then for number four, talk to yourself with empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. We do not have to be so hard on ourselves. If we didn't meet our goal that day, Shayla, you did a good job. We'll try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right. We have to, you know, be able to give ourselves that compassion and that ability to, you know, know that we can take that break. Number five. There is no trick. No simple trick. <laughs> we cannot get caught up in someone else's journey. We just have to stay focused with our own. So what might work for Joanne or Kim might work differently for Shayla. So really finding out what makes you feel good and that's where you move towards. And last but not least, celebrate your wins. <laughs> celebrate your wins. And so if there was an antidote, I think that would be it to kind of combat it or at least a good start. You know, I can definitely say that I don't want anyone out there thinking, oh, my goodness, they're sitting there just focused on their calories, calories, calories. You know, right. I'm on a postpartum journey for one. And have you guys have heard as you guys have heard me say before, Joanne's body doesn't like Joanne with this weight on. So I guess to get, I got to get it off. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I do get, I don't harp on myself, you know, just because I didn't meet my caloric burn goal for the day. Um, that I don't do. I do have a goal. I look at it if I'm doing workouts, um, with this, the, the Tabata class, but if I'm doing my own workouts by myself, I don't normally look at my watch all day long. I do give myself, um, a lot of leeway, especially now that everyone's at home and I don't, I, you know, I don't have that time that I scheduled out of the day to work out for that me time. 
Um, and for me, that's what workouts are. They are have always been like stress relievers and the me time. I just wanted to put that out there just in case y'all were thinking these dietitians are crazy. <laughs> no, but great point to bring up and, you know, also to clarify as well. <laughs> you know, Shay, I really liked uh, your tip number five. You know, when you said that there was no trick to this and you can't get caught up in someone else's wellness journey because, you know, there's there may be some women, even some men that are listening to this um, podcast episode and they're saying, you know, when they look at the media, when they look at television or uh, the stars, you know, those that act in the movies or even Instagram, YouTube, you know, these platforms are constantly perpetuating wellness fatigue with their constant marketing. And, you know, they're telling people to get fillers hair and take out these ribs hair so that, you know, your waist can be snatched. Like, what is your take on media today and the way that they perpetuate wellness fatigue? Okay. Yes. So no, I think that with the way, you know, marketing is like, it's heavy. And I think they know exactly, you know, what they're doing. A lot of research goes into it, but the thing is that they may be playing on people's uh, insecurities, right? Their need to be perfect or not even perfect. We can take that out. We can say having an ideal life or having this perfect meal plan or the best workout, and then it can just lead to feelings of you know insecurity and inadequacy chasing these things. And then it really goes back to finding a plan that works for you. And then when it doesn't, it's okay to scale back or to change and adjust and to be aware you know of the burnout that can happen because of it and listening to ourselves and going back to the basics. And so when we're looking at these uh, the things that come up in the media. They're not talking about the basics. They're not talking about just getting enough sleep at night. You know, if you only get in 30 minutes of exercise a day, it's okay. You know, watching things that make you feel good, you know, that make you laugh and making sure that you're getting socialization. So going back to the basics that makes you feel good overall Mm -hmm. um, as as a way to kind of handle that. Right. And I'm so happy that you said that because constantly... I mean, we're we're in this fight to basically tell people, you know, don't pay attention to the media, even though they spend millions of dollars trying to figure out your psychology. Don't pay mm-hmm. attention to the media. Pay attention to health experts like us. Realize that the journey to have a sustainable wellness is mm-hmm. going to be a long time, a long term journey. It's not going to be just a quick fix. It's not going to be eat this. Don't do this. You know, so I'm glad that you said that, that the media is very heavy on it and they know who they are targeting. But at the same time, I feel like that's why podcasts like this are important to show Mm -hmm. people that, you know, we are the health experts out here. We're the professionals. So we will continue to fight for what is right for our clients and patients. Exactly. And I really love, you know, what you guys are doing and getting out good information. um, Cause I think that's going to really make a difference too. Right. So I know you went over the antidotes, the six antidotes that you have come up with to combat wellness fatigue, but do you have any last or other um, tips for the modern day women who, um, you know, who's trying to balance, especially right now during the COVID-19 times, trying to balance work and everything else that we're supposed to be, you know, trying to do. And we're talking off, um, before we started how us career-minded women, like we weren't trying to 
be doing all the stuff like teaching kids and being at home all day <laughs> um, when we don't want to be at home all day. So do you have any kind of like last minute tips for us, aside from the ones that you gave us earlier to help us, you know, get get with the periods that the times that we're going um, through right now? Yes, I actually do. And so what I recommend is, you know, someone taking just the solution focused approach, right, to combat just wellness, even just what we're experiencing right now, any fatigue, any burnout, any just being superwoman. And so we'll just alter the questions a little bit. But if you have a pen and paper, this might be the time you want to write these down because you can answer these, you know, ask them, answer them for yourself later. So one, what are your hopes when you're incorporating wellness or your self-care routine? Like, what do you hope to get out of it? Right. So when we're doing it, we want to make sure that we're possibly just that we're doing this for ourselves. Right. So your your answer might look a little different for then your neighbors. The other one is what difference will this make in my life? Right. So by me incorporating this or me taking this away, what difference will it make in my life? And then what's already working in your plan? Mm. I truly believe if something is working, we keep that in place. Right. Like I still don't know why we have common core, but I call no, it all right? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Our other math system was working, like really. But so really, so I, I I bring myself back that whatever is working in your routine, keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And then for your long term is what signs will you know that you're making progress? So what signs to look for? And only you would know this because that's what you know, you're like, well you know what, I'll feel more energized, you know, so ask yourself, what signs will you be looking for to know that you're making progress towards these goals? And that is really, you know, what I suggest for the modern woman who's moving towards a balanced lifestyle. I like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm here with my pen and paper, writing it down to <laughs> Shayla, like for <laughs> real. <laughs> for I, re- I mean, I typed it up myself because I'm like, I, I need these, I need these tips. Exactly. <laughs> So the last question that we have for you pertains specifically to what's happening in 2020. And it still baffles me that, you know, the beginning of 2020 started out with this COVID-19 issue. So do you think more women are likely to be experiencing wellness fatigue now, especially seeing what's going on with the pandemic and social distancing and quarantine? Oh, I do. Um, I believe that because, and I think I heard you say it too, it's like you felt as if you would have more time now that you are home or working from home and then you realize you don't have as much time, but in the process of people realizing that is that they've overset themselves up with things to do. So not only maybe women are taking care of the kids, homeschooling and doing their job and still getting their workout on, then making sure that the kids are having PE checking in on their partners, you know, so now they've overloaded their day. <laughs> so, you know, they're still throwing in their wellness, but they're so tired that no modifications have been made. Mm-hmm. Right. So you may have been able to go to the gym and do, I don't know, uh, our workout or hour and 15 minutes where now your time doesn't allot for that, but there's people who are still trying to do that. And on top of all of their other stuff. So now you're exhausted and you're pushing yourself. Burnout mm-hmm. is sure to come. If you're trying to maintain the same routine you had pre-COVID-19. Hmm. Wow. 
So what I've been sharing with, you know, women, anyone who knows that they've had a conversation with me over the past 45 to 60 days, it is now time to revamp your self-care. It's time for it to be revised. What was working before, it's probably not going to do right now. Mm -hmm. If going to the nail salon was part of your self-care or your wellness, you can't do that. So what are you going to do now to meet that need? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, you know what, that just struck me because we we've spoken about self-care a lot, especially in 2019. And you're right. Like getting your nails done and going to get a massage may have been someone's me time, like self-care time. And now that they've been in the house quarantined for the last two months or so, what have you substituted to for that me time? It may be like what I said, going into a room, you know, you know, taking everything that is causing you stress out of that room and having your me time alone for like the hour or two that you used to go get your nails done or get a massage. Exactly. And Joanne, I heard you said earlier too, was sleeping in a little bit, mm-hmm. right? That is self-care. I don't think people really realize that, but knowing that you stayed up late, okay, so what if the whole family sleeps until 10? That's mm-hmm. all right. We stayed up late. Oh, I'm tired. I'm doing three or four jobs that typically I don't do all in one day. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's a revisement where typically you might get up at six o'clock in the morning and start your day. It's all right if it starts at 10. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you send the kids to bed an hour earlier because you need some time. That's true. That is so true. So Mm -hmm. Shayla, let our audience know if they want to connect with you, what are your social media handles? Yes. um, So Instagram, they can find me at control shift balance. And so that's C-T-R-L shift balance. And then they can also find me on Facebook, uh, spelled the same way, C-T-R-L shift balance mental wellness. And they can always email me uh, at info at controlshiftbalance.com. And I look forward to connecting with anyone if they have any further questions um, regarding wellness fatigue or self-care during COVID-19. Yes, definitely. Wellness fatigue is a real thing, guys. And we are so happy that, Shayla, you hopped on here to bring light to this issue because I don't think much people realize that it was really a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even with, you know, my additional research, it's not a lot of research out there. Um, So glad to be able to be on the storefront of being able to share it with, you know, our communities right here. So So Joanne, you want to go ahead and close this out? Well, as you guys were saying, I didn't know it was a thing. Wellness fatigue, um, it is a thing. And we need to take care of ourselves, especially now. So thank you everyone for listening. Thanks Shayla for coming on and um, giving us this bit of wisdom. Um, As always, please tell your friends to tell their friends to come on and listen to our podcast and make sure you give us a five in our ratings. Thank you for listening guys. All right. Bye guys. Thanks.